Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today. I saw this earlier and when you sent this to me, I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> Which is probably exactly what you're looking for That's though. Amazing. And it looks so totally. I literally was yes. like, what am I looking at? And it just it's gross. It's got like the little cucumbers for sure. So I I actually really love grossness as a hook. It's so engaging. Welcome, welcome back to the Pit Stop Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Levenger, creative strategist, consumer behavior analyst. I am joined by one of my favorite people, Nicole. You are fantastic. I'm just so excited to do this podcast with you because I feel like you and I have been chatting about all this stuff for so long now, and we just started working together, so this is going to be super fun. But you have like five years of full-on, like deep-in-the-trenches media buying experience, and I want to just say I'm very impressed by you because thank you media buying is no joke it's a hard industry to be in super stoked to be on this podcast and just share some tidbits hopefully it's valuable and looking forward to just diving deeper and getting all nerdy i love any sort of opportunity that comes on the podcast i really really enjoy talking to because you guys have been in it and you've kind of seen like the back end of some of these bigger issues that we're dealing with in the industry so it's going to be like fantastic to talk to you today but I think you and I are going to do some ad breakdowns because everybody loves ad breakdowns and it's something that's super helpful, especially coming from the media buying side, because we can kind of break things down on a creative aspect. But if you don't understand creative as it relates to media buying, it's really hard, I think, to generate good angles, good hooks, and like good lift from some of these ads. So are you ready? We're going to do this first Yeah. Time. No, I'm ready. I'm so no, excited. I couldn't agree more, <laughs> especially scaling this stuff is really challenging worked both on the agency side and internally with wow. brands that have been bootstrapped. So I really got a good uh, like feel for both sides where people are coming from. So I'm excited to do, dig deeper. Okay. So this, this first one that we're going to do is actually um, a video, which is funny. So we're going to kind of describe it to you after we listen to it and we'll kind of tell you what's going on and what we think about this first one. This is a brand called So Yummy which I believe is they make dog food, which is kind of fantastic. So from the top, they have a little bit of verbiage at the top of this ad that says, stop feeding your dog kibble. They have some stop sign emojis that are on here and then emojis to kind of list down their different benefits. Try fresh food, cater to your dog's needs, get 50% off your first box when you try the farmer's dog. Made from human-grade ingredients, developed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists, delivers your door ready to serve. And then the image below it obviously is like the start of the video. But big headline says four reasons to ditch overprocessed dog food. And that overprocessed is in like big, bold red text. And then they have this really creepy kind of looking can that is like squishing out kind of gross looking dog food. So just from like first glance, what do you think about this ad? Even though we haven't even watched the video yet, but this is what people see if they don't have like auto play turned on. So what do you think of this one? <laughs> I saw this earlier, and when you sent this to me, I was like, what the heck is that? <laughs> Which is probably exactly what you're looking for, That's though, amazing. in a hook. So totally. I literally was yes. like, what am I looking at? And it just, it's gross. It's got like the little cucumbers for sure. So I, <laughs> I actually really love grossness as a hook. It's so engaging. Yes. And a it just invokes that curiosity, and you're just like, WTF, and you have to click it. You just have to. Yes. Something gross. <laughs> You can't just pass and forget about it. So I actually really like this as their opening hook. Yeah. There's something so visceral about gross things 
from a human standpoint, it's like really hard to not click on things that are gross, especially something that looks like what this looks like because it really does look like poop. Like when you, yeah. when you first glance at it, it's like that doesn't look right to me. So you have to you have to look at it. What do you think of the copy in particular? Because they're referencing two different things here. This is So Yummy, which is like, oh, I okay, I see what's happening here. So Yummy does like bite-sized food videos. And it looks like they're partnering with the farmer's dog. So this is really interesting. Um, this is the first instance on the podcast that we've actually seen basically whitelisting or like different brands promoting different brands on different brand accounts. From a media buying standpoint, what do you think about brands partnering with other brands to run ads through a totally separate like ad account? Oh, I love it. Anytime you can scale horizontally and not vertically within one account horizontally across multiple ad accounts, you're going to be able to leverage different data and audiences from the partnerships, whether you're whitelisting from an influencer's account or another brand. I think it's a brilliant play. And especially if they're related to your niche, it's really smart. Yeah. This is something I find that most brands don't know how to do correctly. I find that it's like very difficult for them to understand like, where do I find somebody to whitelist with? Or should I do it with an influencer? Or in this instance, these are two brands partnering with each other, which I haven't seen a whole lot of. Usually when we see whitelisting, especially like on the agency side, it's always a brand working with an influencer, not necessarily a brand to brand. So what's, yeah. I've seen a few brands work with like bigger magazines or bigger fan pages that just have a lot of traction and natural organic traffic. This one's kind of interesting, so yummy, just because it's not very clear out the gates how it's related, at least in the name yeah. itself. You have So Yummy could be anything. So I think it adds that almost extra layer of curiosity because you almost think it's human food unless you read that first line of yeah, copy. It's so sad. true. Yeah. Also, yeah, I think it's strategic just because when you're running a little bit more aggressive ad, something that isn't as polished or as branded in this case, I would say this is very tilted towards performance. You can not only tap new audiences, but then it almost, you don't have to like associate it so directly with your own brand. So it's almost like a little hidden way to push a little bit more aggressively and not accidentally hit some of your core audience with maybe a little bit more aggressive tactics. So it's very smart. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really hard for brands nowadays to find these new channels, especially when it comes to whitelisting, because you just don't know who's going to be beneficial and who's not. And you're still spending money. Like you're still paying someone to run these ads for you and it's not through your account. So you have to be very careful with who you partner with. Yeah. Let's watch this video though. And then we're going to talk about kind of what they did after this hook because it was a great hook, but I want to see if the rest of the ad like does well. So let's see what they (laughs) do. So for those of you obviously who are listening to this, you can't see the ad, so we're just going to describe it to you. This first hook is literally just watching this dog food dump out of this can upside down and it's pretty gross, but that's like we talked about, very good hook. Very next frame is like interesting because they've basically copied and pasted two different bowls of dog food right next to each other and split it down the middle. The headline just reads, kibble is highly processed and low in moisture, which can cause dot, dot, dot. What do you think about this? Like not only just splitting the image down the middle so you can see two different like superimposed images next to each other, but this dot, dot, dot thing. I find that really interesting. Well, I'll start with the image itself. I actually was a little confused here because the split screen two-sided we're so used to seeing us versus them that i actually thought Mm -hmm. that their food was on the right hand side i didn't realize they're actually showing two just random kibble brands so it actually immediately caused additional confusion i think (laughs) they would have been better off showing their own food versus 
the competitors yeah. versus two different competitors. So there's a little bit of confusion there. The copy, I'm trying to zoom in here and see it. Kibble is highly processed and low in moisture, which can cause dot, dot, dot. I like the dot, dot, dot because it like it trips your brain up. You want to close that loop. Yes. Um, so you're definitely going to keep watching the video, of course. But I don't like that they're almost highlighting two common enemies. So they're trying to make processed food enemy number one. And then they bring in yeah. moisture, which is a weird one. I don't know if you know my background, because it's kind of funny that you picked a dog brand. But <laughs> I used to actually, I used to be a canine play attendant. So I used to be a professional like dog Did you person. really? I yeah, had no I idea. At, oh my gosh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I worked at Pet Paradise and Paul Beach Pet Resort. So I have like a weird like amount of knowledge about dogs and breeds so moisture this is being perfect. in the food yeah yeah this is random but moisture <laughs> being the food is not a pain point that any potential dog owner is thinking about when they're buying food so, so for true. me I would completely scrap it and just really focus on the processed dog food not the moisture because yeah I don't think it's really relevant and doesn't make any sense at I least would for agree me. I, I think this is one of the things that we need to focus heavily on when we're creating ads one pain point at a time, unless you're going to be doing basically just a synopsis of all the pain points that they've experienced. Let's not pair one and two together, especially right out the gate. It's probably better just to do one pain point and hone in on that, especially if it's a pain point that people don't know they have. Low moisture in dog food. I understand that they're trying to say yeah. your dog's going to get dehydrated, but that's not what you're saying. You're basically telling me that my dog food doesn't have enough water in it, which I'm not sure why that's important as a dog. Owner. Right, exactly. So, let's let's hit on things that are very important. I do, um, though, yeah. like, I will give them props. It's great lighting, and I do like the motion in the video, showing the food dropping into the bowl rather than just having yeah. the food already there. That was a great little visual yeah. effect that they added. And I like that they 100%. kept the audio of – the, it almost sounds like raindrops yeah, of, of the, the actual food sound. In. Exactly. I think when you're doing ads, you got to be really careful and make sure that you keep some of this auditory stuff because kibble dropping into a bowl is very visceral for dog owners. You know that yep. sound, so you understand it a lot better and it helps keep your attention. Audio can do way, way bigger things sometimes than visual can, which is kind of interesting. So they roll into like the next couple different like frames. And this is such a long ad that we probably won't go all the way through it, but they're showing a little bit of like dogs on camera talking about like you can have loss of energy, you can have lower appetite. And then they introduce the actual farmer's dog. So we're going to jump forward to like 10 seconds in. They took 10 seconds to kind of reference all of the pain points. In your experience, is that too long? Is that like perfect amount of like pain point talking, I guess, points? Or like, what do you think about how long that is. Well, they introduced three pain points, which is kind of interesting. They're basically casting a very wide net and trying to hit a lot yeah. of different owners' in individual struggles. I personally would like to see this broken out into individual mm. angles. I think it would resonate yeah. with different owners very differently as well. They use very different dog breeds across the board. They could get really granular with this and hit, honestly, I'm surprised by some of the dog breed choices. I think they should, I hate to say this, but... There are definitely some dog breeds that are known to preference of choice or the breed of preference of choice for higher income families. Just they are more expensive. They are very well bred. They're all I'm going to guess doodles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Any exactly. sort of doodle. <laughs> you want to relate though to that owner, yes. to that person yep. that's buying. So exactly. Those doodle owners typically have a little bit higher income. Your ALV is going to be better. They're more likely to yes. purchase. So why not show more doodles in your ad content? Just yeah, makes a little bit yeah. more sense. But I, I do think I, yeah. that they're trying to cast a wide net. 
They're catering to multiple pain points. They're catering to multiple dog breeds and sizes. So I think they're just trying to hit this top of funnel first touch point broad audience yeah. would be my guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Knowing your audience obviously is a big, big thing with just any brand. You need to know your audience like backwards and forwards for this, for this reason, because when you start to produce ads, ads are very expensive to produce nowadays. So you might as well, if you're going to put this much work into it, make sure that you're using psychology and using some of the references from your customer's life to be able to build and generate good ads. So we're going to skip forward all the way to the end because they have a ton of like, it's perfectly proportioned. They're talking about benefits. They have it delivered to your door. I want to talk about the very last clip. So at the very end of this, they basically have an image. They didn't end with a video. They just put a static image at the end, which is a picture of the box, a picture of the food, kind of in its own circle. And they have some colorful lines behind it. And then it says, get 50% off your first purchase. Try it today. I have not seen a whole lot of end caps that end with a discount. In my experience, most of the brands that I've worked with in general really wanted us to push it forward to some sort of a product page and they would try and convert people on the page. What do you think about like adding discounts at the very end of a UGC or at, at the very end? This is professionally produced, but discounts on an yeah. end card I haven't seen very often. Depends. I call these copy cards, end cards, same thing. But yeah. the very last kind of call to action, I've seen mixed results. I do see a lot of discounts, especially around seasonality and promotional periods. Yeah. They're great to slide on. It does seem to help if you're finding that your resistance or friction point is still on the ad where you're, maybe your click-through rate's a little lower. That's where I would introduce. I wouldn't start yeah. here, though. Especially for top of funnel, they're getting hit with a 50% off. It seems a little odd out the gates. I would try to nurture them a little bit more and retain that revenue as much as possible. Yeah. This is interesting too, because this video, like we talked about, is a really long one. It's a minute and yeah, minute, six seconds. So my question is how many people are actually seeing that? Like how many people actually watched a minute long ad? That's yeah. a really long ad to watch. I want to see someone test like a card in the middle, like watch a video, do a card, watch a little bit more of the video, do a card. I wonder if anybody's tested that yet. We should test that with someone. <laughs> I actually think, I haven't done it in the middle. We do a little bit on the earlier side, but some sort of banner that pops along the bottom, almost like streams yes. across, like a 50% off smart. would be really brilliant, especially for yeah. these longer videos. Like a minute and six seconds, you're spot on. Who's actually watching this all the way through? It's a dog yeah. owner myself who I love my dog. I care so much about them and I've thought about switching to raw food. Yeah. I didn't even want to watch all of this and I'm sitting here, <laughs> you know, trying to analyze so this. So yeah. I consider myself like the target audience for this type of product. And yeah, it was a little rough. So yeah, Gosh. I don't think they're getting, they're leveraging that 50% off code at yeah. the end as much as they could be. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in general, I would say for landing pages, websites, ticker tapes actually are a little bit more of a detriment to people staying on the page because they're so distracting from the actual goal, which is purchasing. In ads, ticker tapes can do a lot because they're moving yep. in the opposite direction that you are scrolling, which is very psychology based. You want to stop people with some sort of a side to side movement. Yeah. hundred percent. Somebody try a ticker tape and then let us know how that went. <laughs> There's so much to unpack in this one, but I think we're probably gonna have to end it there. Otherwise, we're just gonna talk about this one for like hours and hours because it's right. so good. Where can people find you if they wanna like learn more about what you're doing and how to work with you? I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn, Nicole Kroll. I add two zeros. Someone stole my name. Ah, you can find me on Twitter. Worst. You can find me on Insta. Pretty much just searching Nicole Kroll. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. This was like a great breakdown, especially of a video because I don't see a lot of people breaking down video nowadays. So thank you so much. This was fun. Let's do it some more. Of course.
TripleWell has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to TripleWell.com and check it out.